Welcome to the Echo Cast. I am Bond Diesel. This is episode 53. You're a Tidal Basin. Is the title. I hope you're well. If you're new, this is a podcast mostly focused on The Division 2. We may talk about other stuff, but for the most part, that's it. If you're returning, thank you very much for coming back. Before I start anything, you may know this. There's no ad at the beginning of this, and that is because I'm being sponsored by Anchor again, which I very much appreciate because I genuinely think it's the best platform for you to post and probably even listen to your podcast. The new sponsorship is a mid-roll, so about halfway through the show, there's going to be a 30-second ad. If you don't want to hear it, feel free to, feel free to skip. I think it's exactly 32 seconds. If you don't mind listening, that's okay as well. If you're listening on YouTube, it won't be there at all. So, there you go. Today, I'll be doing a state of the game summary. Thoughts on the novel and the art book for Division 2. Talk about PvP a little bit, if I'm allowed, if it's not going to upset people too much. Some listener questions and content updates. Let's jump into stay of the game recap. This week we had Hamish, Yannick, and Trick Dempsey talking about the next or first content drop for Division 2. Uh, first they talked a little bit about patch 1.7 which dropped on the 28th. Uh, it mostly was a bug fixing patch. It was a client side patch so there were some things I assume that they couldn't fix through the server updates and they had to do uh, client side and we got that already which is great then the big thing we found out was that title basin the title basin stronghold uh, and world tier 5 will be coming out on april 5th so this includes the new stronghold uh, some plot happens a bump up of the gear score up to 500 uh, three new gear sets heroic missions and a bunch of other stuff a neat little detail they talked about, which I didn't think about, was that now uh, the story missions will have two modes. Normal, which will have the regular faction, or Invaded, which will have the Black Tusk. And underneath both of those will be a hard, challenging, and heroic mode. Uh, I, I don't know if this is only World Tier 5, I assume it is, um, but I think that's really neat. So if you want to play a really hard version of the Hyenas... Uh, in the the bank mission, then you can. Or if you want to do Black Tusk, you can do that as well. So um, I think that's neat. Adds a ton of variety to the missions. There's already so many missions uh, that I think that's going to be a nice little addition. Uh, they did talk quite a bit uh, as well about the uh, Tidal Basin Stronghold and how they seem kind of weird about giving particulars, which obviously I understand. But they um, kind of made it sound like the the type of things you're going to see are, you know, what would the super advanced faction have at their home base? Because uh, the strongholds that we've already fought the Black Tuscan or other factions bases that they had just taken over, uh, the invaded missions, they're just there to do a mission. They aren't, you know, fortified. So what would it look like? 
if you had to attack the Black Tusk on their own turf with all of their own defenses. And I may be wrong, but I swear I heard some reference to like Metal Gear Solid. So I'm wondering if the final boss or whatever is going to be some kind of like mech almost type of machine. Um, that's probably pushing my willingness to accept uh, goofy things a bit, but I will keep an open mind and I will, um, I will eagerly anticipate getting to play through this mission and see, uh, and see how it plays out. So very excited for that. Uh, they also talked about how this will be the first balance pass on gear and guns. Uh, it will happen at the same time on the 5th, and Frederick Thylander should be on the stay of the game uh, this coming week to probably talk about some of those things. Um, one thing I'm super excited about is I can confirm f for Kotaku, the steps are fixed, and, luck, and, and, and at least so far, the community hasn't collapsed under the weight of all of the drama caused by these bugged out steps so just i'm i'm really excited because i thought the game was basically dead because of these steps uh, after reading the kotaku article I, I i really was genuinely concerned that um gaming in general may have been at, uh, in danger uh, that the the whole uh, the whole gaming community was thinking about just not playing games anymore um, because of all the drama that Kotaku noticed over this this world bug, so breathe easy, Kotaku, we're good. Thank you for your diligent and definitely not clickbaity or straight up uh, fabricated news. You're doing the Lord's work. Thank you very much. They also showed a year one graphic um, that showed all of the free content that's coming. Uh, it mentioned all kinds of things, uh, guns, gear, uh, the three DLCs, um, a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's great. They're doing it's it, game's not perfect. Everything's not perfect. 100% totally get it. Willing to admit it, willing to preach it from the rooftop, but there's so much good that it's pretty darn impressive. At least in my opinion, which is super biased. Take it for what you will. Uh, they did also mention that Massive and Redstorm are paying attention to the PvP conversations that are happening uh, and that there, there there will be a balancing, there will be a pass on it, but it will not be on the 5th. I, I think that the gun and gear pa balance uh, that Frederick will talk about is going to be at least a part of that, you know? So, I, you know, I think that will help a little bit. The problem is, kind of harkening back to what I said last week, is that For for all the people who are complaining about current PvP, which I, again, I agree that there's issues. Um, the problem is, I think that some people think the only solution is to make it basically like Division One PvP again. That's the only way they're going to be happy, which I don't think will ever happen, and I really hope it doesn't because that'd be awful for the game as a whole. Um, I, I'm just afraid that there's there's no room for some people to just. Um, be happy with you know something in the middle you're not gonna make everyone happy their goal with pvp should be uh to make as many people moderately happy as possible uh and not to completely appease one small group uh at the at the expense of the rest which i think is what they're going for so 
I think PvP is closer to being quote unquote good for the majority of people than it's ever been. Definitely need some some fixes. Definitely need some changes. But uh, I'll be excited to see what happens after the balance pass and then what Red Storm decides to do with some big stuff. And yeah, so that I mean that was the majority of state of the game this week. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Trick MC is awesome. They, uh, you know, I said it before, uh, but but Trick has. Uh, more enthusiasm about uh, their job than I think I've ever heard of anyone, which I'm kind of jealous of. Uh, I love my job, but uh, I don't think I love my job as much as Trick does. So that's awesome. And the more we see Trick, the better. And of course, Hamish and Yannick are great as well, but they already know that. Okay, well, uh, how about some division news? Uh, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, it's actually not even on the script. I was just thinking about it. Because uh, I saw an article this morning written that didn't mention me, even though I thought I did a pretty good job of breaking this, but that's okay. Um, the New York City After Dark. So a, a couple weeks ago, right when the game came out, someone on Reddit posted a screenshot of um, this map of Lower Manhattan and something that said, NYC After Dark, a return to the Big Apple, January. Um, I talked about it in a previous podcast. Um, I posted about it on Twitter. And then um, towards the end of the game, I was wrapping up all of my side missions. Uh, and if you don't want any spoilers at all, I guess skip this part. I don't know, for a minute or two maybe. Uh, I don't think it's really that big of spoilers, but you know, everyone has their own opinion. Um, but there's a, one of the... So there's what, five or six hidden side missions. Um, if you look on the map that comes with the Phoenix Edition, uh, there's these little orange community uh, symbols on the map. Uh, they aren't settlements, they are not safe houses, they're not even control points. Uh, they're these little communities uh, that are like little mini settlements with just a few people, um, and they give you quests. Uh, I found that the snitch uh, sometimes is posted up by these people, and I've also found that um, the uh, uh, Cassie Mendoza, the, the gear... The traveling gear vendor um, is, is sometimes near these people as well. Uh, but one of these quest givers gives you a, uh, a, a side mission to go help out a couple civilians that were trying to get wiring from a, uh, an art exhibit or whatever. And so when you go, you find that it's this NYC After Dark and it's an entire show where it's got these kind of artistic renderings of New York City buildings. It's got photography all over the walls, including some really iconic Division One. Uh, landmarks and stuff like that. Um, I, I I still think that this NYC After Dark return to the Big Apple January. I'm willing to accept that maybe it's just a little uh, a little wink wink that they decided to give us a little throwback. Um, but I'm I'm much much more. Uh, I'm I'm very willing to throw out an extremely strong guess that um, this is a hint to some kind of future content. Um, I, I believe it was uh, a naked cowboy, or I think it's Mike Dumb's thoughts. Uh, Mike's dumb thoughts um, that pointed out a while ago that the helicopter pad at the White House, with the highly detailed helicopter model and NPC who's standing there, uh, I assuming uh, I assume just waiting for someone to talk to her, um, is going to be some kind of portal to some type of DLC. Um, 
we know that the first DLC will be on the outskirts of Division um, of Division of uh, DC. Uh, so that may just be a straight map expansion, maybe. Um, we know that the second will be the Pentagon. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if like we take this helicopter to the Pentagon. So what I'm guessing is that that helicopter pad is going to be like a hub for some of the DLC. Uh, my honest guess is that the first DLC, the outskirts, may actually be survival. I know everyone thinks that the third DLC would be survival, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think that they'll give the people what they want and throw survival out real quick. And so these this outskirts thing could be kind of like a timed mode that has some survival elements, probably some BR elements, you know, some more BR elements. Uh, but that's just a complete guess. Then we have the Pentagon, which I think is basically going to be the underground. Um, and then we have this third DLC, which I am predicting is going to be a Far Cry New Dawn uh, excursion type of game mode where uh, maybe we'll get to go to Lower Manhattan uh, in the summer and go and there's some task we need to complete there. Uh, maybe it'll send us, you know, we could go to all kinds of places. Um, there's places mentioned in the comic book. There's places mentioned in the new novel. Uh, all places I think that we could potentially go to and um, I really wish this was a spoiler full podcast because I would speculate heavily on those things, but I won't, uh, even though I really, really want to. And um, yeah, so that's my guess. I think that that helicopter is going to be like a DLC hub where we go there um, and, and that's where we access all the different DLCs and they use this helicopter as a way to get us to locations that uh, we couldn't just walk to. But who knows? So, you know, that's not really any breaking news, but I still think it was interesting. So, uh, speaking of uh, the two books, um, so Broken Dawn came out. It is the sequel to uh, the New York Collapse book, both of them by Alex Irvine. Um, so this one, uh, this book, so I'm, I'm just going to do a, a little review. I won't do any spoilers, or at least I'll try not to. Uh, and basically just a recommendation. So for some backup um, or for some background, there was a book called uh, New York Collapse. Uh, it came out uh, with the release of Division One, and it was a really unique book, and it was basically two books in one. It was a, a survival guide, an urban survival guide for a, a city like New York City. And if you just read through the survival guide, it was a pretty informative, interesting book um, just in that sake. Uh, the other part of it is that through the entire book, there were notes written by an individual named April Keller who, um, and in these notes were in different colors and the different colors are explained in, on like the first page of their different time frames, And the time frames go from before the, the dollar flew all the way right up to, I think right before the first game started. So like a month or two later. And what you get to do is you read this survival guide and as you're going through it, you're basically reading it with her, with April, and you're seeing the things that she's thinking and going through, um, as well as you're seeing her picking up clues and little puzzles and hidden things in the book that seem like they were meant for someone to find on purpose when this disaster happened. Uh, there's all kinds of materials that came with the book. Basically, it was just really neat, very unique type of book. 
um, that was fun to read um, and just to figure out some of the quizzes and or some of the little puzzles and things like that. So um, it was really cool. It told an interesting story. It got us hooked onto this April Keller character, which had a bunch of references uh, in the first game. And um, and it ended on kind of a cliffhanger. Uh, it involved Aaron Keener and involved the Dark Zone and involved her trying to find out what happened to her husband, who was a scientist who was killed right when the outbreak started. Uh, and the second book has come out. Uh, the second book is a kind of a it's it's a normal novel that takes the um, perspective of I think four different people, um, and I th I don't think it's it's explained pretty quickly. So uh, the the second book is shown from the eyes of a child living um, in D.C. Uh, of two agents in New York City and of April Keller. And that's all, that's all I'll say. I'll leave it there. Um, but it's it's really good. The first two-thirds of the book, I was very interested in reading, kind of kept up with it, kept going. And then I hit the final third, and I spent like three, three and a half hours sitting on my couch just reading for hours, uh, actually on Friday, because uh, I wasn't feeling too good. So, uh, And I couldn't put it down. And it explains so much from the first game. Uh, it connects with the comics, if you've been reading the Extremist Malice comics. It uh, it definitely ties in Division One and Two. Uh, it's just I highly highly suggest um, if you're interested at all in the lore of this game, um, I highly suggest the Broken Dawn novel by Alex Irvine. Um, okay, so I also want to talk about fairly quickly uh, the World of the Division art book. Okay, so this one I'm a little bit more torn on. So the first game had an art book that had a bunch of concept art for Division One. Um, had tons of like agent designs and equipment explanations and all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, I don't know who published that one off the top of my head. It was not Dark Horse. So Dark Horse, who's doing the comics, um, did the the World of the Division, which is the new art book for Division Two. Okay, so so the thing to go in if you're gonna buy that art book, um, it's really cool. If you're a hardcore fan, you should absolutely get it. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, but when you get it, you need to keep in mind that this new art book is covering the division from before, like when it was established all the way to division two. And so what that means is that about half of the book is old information. Uh, so don't expect it to be brand new, everything from, from beginning to end. In fact, I'd say the only thing that really kind of bummed me out about this art book was that half, maybe two thirds of the photos in it uh, and, the, and the concept art and all of that are recycled from the first art book or um, are really uh, pretty commonly used Division 2 concept art that we've seen. Um, there's definitely a bunch of new stuff in it. Um, but I will admit that I was a little kind of bummed going through it and noticing that, like, I think all of the Division One stuff was reused, except I think I saw one piece of concept art that was Division One that wasn't in the first art book. Uh, and that was a good, I don't know, a third of the art book. Um, and then there was a bunch of, you know, kind of recycled. But like, to me, it just kind of seems like who like Dark Horse didn't look at the first book. The first art book and take that into account when they made this new one it seems like they just made it off of all the stuff they were given by ubisoft and massive and all that 
So if, if you're a hardcore fan, if you like these art books, if you, I definitely suggest getting it um, because as you go through the art book, um, there's a ton. It's basically a small novel. So it gives a ton of background information on characters, on the division itself, on the cities that are involved, on, you know, the, the factions, on um, everything. I mean, so, so as negative as I probably kind of sounded at the beginning about the artwork, I will say that um, it's absolutely worth it for basically anyone who's interested in the story um, simply off of the, the, the information that's in it. Um, just don't go into it expecting every single concept art and every single screenshot and all that stuff to be brand new. Because if, if I had to guess, um, maybe a third of it is like brand new, quote unquote. But I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Let me know what you think. And with that said, let's jump into our first mid-roll. And we're back. So, community topics and discussion. My favorite one, because this is where everyone probably doesn't care what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyways because I'm stubborn. Um, so I just kind of want to give some PvP observations um, and, and just kind of thoughts from... Um, doing a little bit of playing myself, uh, DZ and Conflict, um, and just kind of paying attention on, on Reddit and Twitter and Instagram and, and, and various places and so forth. Not Facebook. I've given up on Facebook division stuff. It's just every group is awful. No offense if, if you like moderate or, or do something, but the Facebook pages are all just the worst. They're just all complete trash. Uh, and it's no one's fault. It's just the nature of Facebook. But good lord, I just can't do it, man. I, I can't. I can't even pretend to pay attention to any of those things. I just can't do it. I, I even moderate one, uh, kind of, as much as anyone in that group does. But they're just the worst. It's just the most toxic stuff, man. But anyways. Um, so I'm noticing that there's, you know, it seems like the big thing right now are these self-healing SMG builds, uh, high RPM SMG builds, and one-shot snipers. I still... What's interesting to me is that um, I don't think it's really arguable that like consoles aren't the majority of players. Um, it's I'm not making a judgment. I'm literally just saying consoles are cheaper. There's way more of them, so there's more players on that platform. And I think the one-shot sniper thing is actually I haven't played a ton of PvP, but I've played a decent amount, and I haven't like really seen it basically at all. Um, and I think that makes sense because, you know, the, the, you know, the, the ability to use the snipers on uh, consoles are just not as easy. It's, it's not as efficient. I guarantee there's still people doing it and I guarantee there's people who are effective with it. But I think, um, this is going to point out one of the kind of interesting disconnects that we have. So, so some of the loudest and the most persistent people in the community, PVP, especially are PC players. And the problem is, is that if the bad experiences they are having are not mimicked by the majority of the player base because of a difference of platform, that's where you get a disconnect. Um, I definitely want this kind of stuff to be addressed. I, I hope that, you know, there's changes made to, you know, I don't think body shots should be able to be a one shot sniper hit. Um, I think if you can, if you deck out your sniper build and have a great gun with great talents and you can smack a headshot on someone and especially in PVP. Uh, you definitely deserve a one-shot kill. I, I don't. I find that hard to argue against. That said, you know the body shot thing. Uh, I get it. So with balancing all of this stuff, the SMG healer, RPM builds, and all that, 
The thing I'm the most worried about is that because the most vocal of the community about PvP stuff are like 90% PV- PC players, but the majority of players aren't even on that platform, I'm worried that we're going to have similar issues that we had in Division 1, where balancing um, for PC and the consoles are tied together and uh, they that, that there's going to be things that are done to improve the experience for one, and it will degrade it for the other. Um, I, I, I don't have any proof of this. Uh, I, I hope that I'm wrong. Um, but, but I will say I'm pretty genuinely concerned that, uh, you know, to try to appease some of this outcry from the people who are the loudest, they're, they're going to make changes um, that, that may impact entire platforms in a way that is not intended or desired. Um, so I guess that's kind of my plea is that, you know, we make sure that there's definitely some, some thought to the idea of, you know, one shot sniper builds are a huge issue on PC because of the nature of PC uh, shooter games. Uh, but maybe it's not as big of an issue and, and maybe it still needs to be addressed on plat on consoles, but maybe in a different way. Um, you know, I, I think that maybe, you know, we release the game it's kind of in the same spot and then maybe the console and PC balancing trees need to split. Um, I, I don't know how possible that is. I, I don't really know how they how they handle the, 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 the patches and stuff like that. I don't know if they patch the entire game and then it gets pushed out to all the platforms the same way. Um, I, I would imagine that's how the first game was, but I'm probably completely wrong. Um, but I guess that's just my thing. I, I think that we need to be careful um, in you know one to not just appease people because they have a lot of twitch viewers right um you know they 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 have the stats they have the numbers to see um, what most of the player base is really going through and not just the loud screaming reports of a few people on twitter um you know those people's you know thoughts definitely mean something but so should everyone else's and um you know i it was interesting i saw someone complaining about pvp on reddit and they listed like 10 different OP uh, things in PvP. And what I found funny about that, and actually the top comment was, well, that sounds like a lot of diversity to me. <laughs> like, um, it, it's a similar argument that I made kind of jokingly about the uh, Nomad Striker Predmark uh, meta, where I was like, well... Uh, so I get why people don't like these things because they're uh, like a very low, they're, they're a bad skill gap situation. But rarely in Division One did we ever have more than one meta. <laughs> so we had three, and in some way that was an improvement. Uh, although I understand the opposite opinion. So with Division Two, um, I definitely think a lot of these things need to be addressed and balanced and figured out. But at the same time, if there's like five to ten different types of play styles that people consider OP, um, I mean, having five to ten different ways of playing PvP, I think is a pretty damn good start. Um, I know for me, I definitely preferred running a super cheesy vector build. Um, I, I haven't really gotten into like the self-healing thing with it yet, but uh, I, I definitely was doing pretty well for myself and the conflict stuff I was doing. Um, the DZ is kind of weird because um, I am on definitely on the side of that. The, the time to kill is, is just a hair too fast. I'm not saying I want the time to kill to be, 
you know, like as long as division one, I absolutely don't. Um, and with all the burst healing and, and stuff, but, um, I definitely wouldn't mind if it, if it was like 10% longer. Uh, and, and that number comes from the idea of, of being able to tank like one or two more shots or like another second or two to give you a chance to react. So if someone starts lighting you up, um, you know, the, the idea of getting lit up and dying before you can even react, um, I think is rewarding for the person who gets the jump on you. Um, and I don't think that should be completely forgotten. Um, but I also think it, it leads to a, a, you know, like Call of Duty has a really fast time to kill, but it also has a slow enough time to kill uh, or time to death that you can react. Um, you know, this is a conversation you hear a lot in, in actual competitive PvP games, which um, while I don't think Division 2 is there yet, um, I think it's as close as it's ever been to being in that category. So, um, you know, to really get there, um, I do think that there needs to be some work there. So so I get it. You know, like, I promise, uh, despite the fact that I, I tend to make some people rage when I express my opinion, heaven forbid, um, you know, I get it. I may not always agree with all of the opinions and such, but I do get them, uh, whether they believe me or not. So, um, and then the last little thing on PVP is just kind of like a, like a, just a general question of like, I wonder how gear sets are going to impact it. Um, the Patriot gear set that we've already seen some information about has kind of a century mark feel to it. Um, in theory, it could be impactful on PVP. I'm not expecting it to be from what I've seen of it. Um, but maybe in groups, maybe in skirmish, uh, you know, in, in conflict, maybe it could have some impact. I don't know. Um, but the other two I haven't really seen much about yet. It's probably a bad job on my part, but I know that one seems like it's kind of a uh, like a skill build uh, dream. So I'm kind of curious to if they can make that more relevant. Um, I know people have talked about how skill builds aren't useful, but I don't know. I've got a skill build that has like 7,600 skill power or something. And I find it very useful. <laughs> I find it extremely powerful. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe some more work still needs to be done. I can agree with that. So, I don't know. There's me rambling. And that's what you're here for, I guess. So, we'll cover it more as, as things develop. Especially after this coming week. The next podcast, I'll talk about the balances that happen and, and things like that. I've got some some ideas and, and maybe some little insider info on what might be coming. And I'm kind of curious to how the, how the, how the people react. Um, the last thing I'll talk about with community topic wise though, is I did a poll on the division two hub. If you ha if you aren't following on Twitter, I run a, uh, a division two community hub. Uh, it's at the division two hub. So go check it out. I think we're pushing 3000 people now, which I'm super excited about. And what was interesting, I did a poll, and I and so I think that the seventy-three round magazines on assault rifles is stupid. I think it's it, it, it's a really ugly carryover from Division One, uh, and and I was kind of curious to what the feel around the community was. So I posted a poll, um, kind of stating uh, like, hey, you know, what do you guys think of the, um, what do you guys think of of these giant magazines? Do you think that's you know, like what would you prefer? And what was really funny, I'm pulling it up now so I can make sure I get my numbers right. Um, I asked people if they thought that we should keep the 30 round uh, mags for extended magazines on assault rifles. Um, uh, if, if maybe we should have like a 20 round, a 15 round, or a 10. 
Uh, and what I found is there were 424 votes before it was final, which is a very extremely small sample size, which really gives no actual proof of anything, but it's worth, I've got the info, so I'll talk about it. So 70% wanted to stay the same. And what I find that what, what's interesting about that to me is that that kind of proved the point I was getting at in my own head. Uh, maybe this comes from bias or, or whatever, but I had a feeling that as much as people wanted the game to be different and to, to be harder and to have all these new elements, I think there's some things that we're kind of unwilling to let go of. And I think this hilarious crutch uh, of a, of a uh, mod um, is uh, a good example of, of that. Um, so I think if they change this, they maybe need to be ready for some backlash. <laughs> I, I think people are going to be upset if they, uh, if they change this, but I think they should. Now what they could do, and I don't think would be the worst solution ever, would be um, to maybe give multiple options for extended mags. So maybe do like, you know, like a 15 round extended mag that has a pretty small and significant negative and then give, you know, a 20 or 30 round extended mag that has a, um, like a, like a significant uh, negative. Um, I think that'd be a good solution, uh, but, but we'll have to see. See, I actually think like the vector, uh, the SMGs have, I think, a 10-round extended magazine. And I think that's, like, perfect. And it has a decent negative. So there's this idea of, you know, are are these extra 10 rounds really worth it? Or would I rather have, you know, faster reload speed? See, I, I almost value reload speed over extended mags. Um, now, right now, I can have reload speed, sight, and hand grip, stability, muzzle, and a extended mag so I can have 70 rounds really fast over and over and over again with a pretty stable gun. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't think that's the way it should be, but you know, we'll have to see if anyone agrees with me and obviously through my poll <laughs> and through some of the responses on it. Um, uh, the, the most interesting response here was that, well, they really have uh, extended mags that are that big, so we should have it. Um, and it's just so goofy. Um, the, the things that people, uh, are willing to accept, you know, for the sake of realism, uh, in, you know, or not, uh, seem very dependent on their own personal goals with this game, which, uh, which is fine. I get it. I've been there before. Okay. I'll stop rambling. Listener questions. Martin's games asked, what are your favorite skills to use? Uh, so coming up through the one to 30, I pretty much exclusively use the healing Kim launcher and the um, the turret I used a ton, uh, pretty much always. Now here at end game, um, I'm still using the chem launcher heal uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm a solo player for the most part, so it's I think it's the most efficient, especially on my skill build where I have like a hundred and fifty percent radius mod on it uh, in a in a healing mod. So it drops this gigantic healing circle. Um, that heals me really quickly, especially if I drop a couple of them. Uh, and then my other skill, I just can't get away from the cluster seekers for PVE. Uh, for PVP, I, I prefer a few other things. I've been messing around with some different stuff, but uh, for PVE, I just keep coming back to the cluster seeker mines. I know they're not perfect. I know they don't always work perfectly, um, but they just they just do what I need them to do. Uh, and, and they 
the way my build is, I have the talent where it can they can come back immediately. I think there's a 25% chance. Um, and, and, and my skill cooldowns are, are feel pretty darn low. And um, it just it just that's the one I like the most. I've experimented a little bit with the different turrets, with the firefly, with the drones, with, you know, um, and I just keep coming back to the, the, the cluster seekers for now. So um, if they do some balancing or some changes, especially changes to the mods where maybe you don't need to have quite as much skill power all the time for the mods. Um, I, I think maybe I'll, um, you know, maybe adjust some things as as things become more effective. Um, <laughs> pulse. <laughs> um, but until then, I, I've kind of locked in on this uh, this healing chem launcher and the cluster seekers. Uh, Tout's minion says or asks, what is a really good build for mostly solo runner? Um, so I'm definitely not the best person to ask about builds, at least not yet. Um, I have what I would honestly suggest is going onto Reddit or YouTube and typing in the Division Two solo build, and I bet you will find all kinds of videos showing you all kinds of different builds. Um, I know for me, I've kind of fallen into a build that um, I, I have three uh, Providence Defense. Um, one Alps Summit and one uh, Fenris group um, that I use an assault rifle and a, uh, a marksman rifle or a rifle class with. And um, that's kind of my, my general go-to. I've got 3,000 skill power, so I can unlock a couple uh, attachments to my mods. And um, I, I have a P416 that it's very, very good. I'm using a MDR or a MK17 right now, kind of bouncing back and forth because I think the MK17's going to get pooped on in the balancing, so I'm trying not to depend on it too much. Um, that's kind of what I've been running with a Healing Chem Launcher and the Seeker. I, I found this to be a, a really nice kind of general uh, build. Um, the, the, the different talents I've got on the gear... Um, I've got one with um, extra skill haste. I've got another one that has damage to elites and the skilled talent, which has the 25% chance to reset cooldowns. Um, I've got a couple more with damage to elites. Um, I've got one that has just 8% extra skill, um, a crit hit chance. Um, and I've got uh, the, the one piece I don't like has the payload talent, which um, if you destroy an enemy's uh, asset, so if they have like a skill deployed, uh, you get 50% extra explosive damage, which is a ton of damage, um, but I kind of hate that talent. So I'm definitely looking to pick up another piece to take that off, um, maybe even put something like Berserk on there for last-minute situations um, or you know any of the other talents, even something uh, like like a armor regen or something like that. So, uh, But that's the build I'm running. I'm, I'm not going to make a video about it and throw it out to the world because I'm, I assume I'd be torn apart, but that's why I like... But I, I highly suggest getting a bunch of opinions and looking at the responses to those videos down in the comments and seeing how people actually receive them. And then, like always, says, what quality of life change would you like to be added or removed with World Tier 5? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't really have any, <clears throat> like, super strong opinions on a lot of the stuff. Um, I, I think most of the changes have been good overall. Um, for me, it's mostly kind of like little UI things that have been annoying me a little bit. Um, and, and I, 
basically I haven't had any complaints or issues with stuff that I haven't seen 50 other people talk about. Um, so really it's just kind of little quality of life things that just more of like convenience things than anything that I would like to see kind of updated and fixed, but there's nothing that I'm really like standing on top of a building and screaming about, um, you know, what, what, what do you think? Uh, what kind of things would you like to see? Uh, maybe I can steal one of your answers for the next time I'm on the podcast. So, and that's the questions. That's why I have this week. Uh, so for some final content updates, uh, the Scrub Club clan on Xbox is at level 23 and pushing hard. Um, we do have two openings right now. So if you are at in-game uh, and you're playing quite a bit, uh, please submit uh, an application to uh, the Scrub Club on the Xbox uh, clan system. Uh, I'll take a peek at your character, see kind of how things are going, and I'll be uh, happy to accept you if you kind of look like you fit in with the group. Um and the last thing is uh, the giveaway is still going on for all three comic books, the Broken Dawn novel, the World of the Division art book, and an official Division 2 steel mug. So there should be a link to that down below. If not, you can look at my Twitter and look for the, I think it's GiveLab is the website, uh, but there should be a link on my Twitter uh, or in uh, the, the, the description or comments of wherever you're seeing this podcast. And that's it for this week. So if you like the podcast, uh, please follow on whatever platform you're using. If you're on iTunes, please, please, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It really helps me get some exposure. If you check out the podcast on YouTube and you want to see more of this kind of stuff, please sub the channel, like the video, and comment down below. Give me your opinion on something I said, answer a question I asked, or throw me something to talk about during the next podcast. Uh, I'll take a peek and I'll try to fit it in. Uh, I'm on Twitch where I stream multiple times a week and on Twitter, both as Bond Diesel, uh, where you can find a bunch of my other content links and so on. And uh, that's what I have. So until next time.